Brothers and sisters, believers uh, in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing gold wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here is a, a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, um, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. It, is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones that are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming um, the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the law and yet stumbles at one point is guilty for breaking all of it. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as, though, as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Thank you, Megan. Well, there are five Jameses mentioned in the New Testament. Um, three we know definitely. There was... Um, the disciple, uh, the brother of John, James and John, you remember Jesus called them the sons of thunder. And then there was James, the son of Altheus, one of the disciples as well. And then there is James, the brother of the Lord. Then there's a bit of a, we're wondering who the next one was, but there is one called James the Less and somebody else. So there are four or five different Jameses mentioned in the Bible. This, the one who wrote this epistle, we believe, is the brother of the Lord Jesus, who was uh, <clears throat> not a believer in the time of the Lord, but after Christ's resurrection, he appeared to James, and James became an ardent follower of the Lord. And in this book of James, more of the teaching of Jesus is encapsulated than in any other book in the New Testament. Uh, I think all the books of the New Testament put together. <clears throat> um, so, favoritism. <clears throat> I think we're all influenced to some degree by people's appearance, whether we like it or not. <laughs> the clothes others wear, the car they drive, the house they live in, the job they have, the salary they command, the accent they speak in, uh, all these things can have us forming in our minds uh, a judgment about individuals. And this is what James is talking about. He's saying, if a wealthy person comes into your meeting, you say, here's the best seat, but if somebody whose cuffs are frayed and his heels are a bit down, 
if we say, well, you just better just sit down here. So we have judged somebody by their appearance. <clears throat> now, the first thought that I want to leave with you this evening is this. God is not against wealth or wealthy people. In fact, in John's third letter, he writes like this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And then there's that great promise in the book of Malachi where the Lord said to them, um, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour you out a blessing so great that you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it. Let me prove it to you. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not shrivel before they are ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord Almighty. And then there were people in the Bible who were exceptionally wealthy. Abraham was very wealthy, as was Isaac and later Jacob. Job, um, the man who was tested, he, he was a fabulously wealthy person. David the king, Solomon, it said he made gold as common as iron or brass in those days. He was fabulously wealthy, as were a lot of the kings. Matthew, the, one of Jesus' disciples, it's believed, was very wealthy. As was Joseph of Arimathea, who, uh, who took the body uh, of Jesus, put it in his own tomb. He was a wealthy man. <clears throat> so, God is not against wealth or wealthy people. Secondly, God is not against honouring individuals because of their position or office, or work. In Romans it says, give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honour, then honour. And then again in Romans, love each other with genuine affection and take delight <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> in honouring each other. And then in Ephesians, Honour your father and mother, for this uh, is the first commandment that ends with a promise. So God is not against wealth or wealthy people. God is not against honouring people who are worthy of honour. <clears throat> what God is against is favouring the wealthy simply because of their wealth. That's, that's what he's against. <clears throat> Now, most of the Christians in the New Testament era were from the humbler background. A lot of them were slaves. They barely had anything. They didn't own anything. In fact, their masters <coughs> would own them and their families. And if uh, sometimes a slave was freed, he may have to leave his wife and kids behind uh, unless he wanted to voluntarily stay. <coughs> um, 
So a lot of them were very poor. God hates this kind of sin of favoritism. It's most unchristlike. So I want to give you six reasons tonight why we should not show favoritism. <laughs> and I shouldn't be more than two hours. <laughs> First of all, we shouldn't show favoritism because everyone is special. Regardless of race, social background, wealth, education, gender, status in life. Psalm 139 says this, you made all the delicate inward parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. And how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out. The old Bible says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. <clears throat> I, I like to watch these medical programs. Uh, in the early days, I, I, when you could switch on to black and white, I used to switch it on to black and white. Didn't like the sight of blood, but... Uh, but I was, I've been fascinated by some of the things. And of course, we have, uh, we have surgeons and doctors who come to this church and know all about how the human body... It is absolute. The human body is... Ab you are an absolute wonder. In fact, you're sitting next to someone who is amazing, fearfully and wonderfully made. We are all special to God. We are a unique, amazing concoction of whatever the Lord has made us from. Everyone is special. <clears throat> um, so we should not show favoritism because everyone is special. That doesn't mean, of course, you are taken in by con men who play on the tender conscience of Christians and tell you some sob story of how they're down on their luck and everything. <laughs> uh, when I was a senior pastor here, I, 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 I used to get all the bad jobs. In fact, I think I've carried that on a little bit. But they used to leave the troublesome people to me. And w w this guy used to show up every so often on a Sunday morning and he would always want money. Well, I said to him, I would have given him money in the past. Not giving you any more money. Well, that's it. That's the policy of the trip. We're not giving you any more money. And I've got to get to Totnes, he said. <laughs> They've always got to go. So I've got to get a Totnes. I said, well, well, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to hitch it. Because he had a bag and everything. I've got to get a Totnes today. And David Isaacs, who was standing right next to me, he said, Pastor, I'll take him. Well, the poor guy's face dropped. He didn't even want to go to Totnes. So, so, so he's going off to Totnes. He didn't even want to go. <laughs> but you've got, to, you've got to watch the con men. <clears throat> but everybody is special in God's sight. Secondly, 
God has chosen the poor and disadvantaged. In the Old Testament, there is a special place in the heart of God for people who were poor, vulnerable, and disadvantaged. And listen what it says in Exodus 22. He's saying, if you lend money to any of my people who are in need, do not charge interest as a moneylender would. If you take your neighbor's cloak as security for a loan, you must return it before sunset. This coat may be the only blanket your neighbor has. How can a person sleep without it? If you do not return it and your neighbor cries out to me for help, then I will hear. I am merciful, says the Lord. And then again in Exodus it says, Plant and harvest your crops for six years, but let the land be renewed and lie uncultivated during the seventh year. Then let the poor among you harvest whatever grows on its own. Leave the rest for wild animals to eat. The same applies to your vineyards and your olive groves. So God is saying, leave your crops fallow for one year and just let the poorer people uh, eat what they have because I care about them. And when Amos, the prophet, was remonstrated, remonstrating with the uh, Israelites for the, for the way they had treated poor people and the injustice that was prevalent at the time, he said uh, they sell the poor that you may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of shoes. They were selling people for just a pair of shoes and God was not pleased with that. <clears throat> and when the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said this, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in this world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God deliberately chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose those who are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the, uh, <clears throat> what the world... Not printed. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to, trying to remember it from memory now. <laughs> and of course, Jesus' first sermon when he stood up in the synagogue at Nazareth, what did he say? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what Jesus came to do, his manifesto. The poorer and, and disadvantaged and the vulnerable have a special place in the heart of God. <clears throat> we should not show favoritism to people that we might think are different. Uh, because the Bible says they are called to be rich in faith. Faith is one of the three great virtues, of course, isn't it, of the New Testament. Faith, hope, and love, the three great virtues. And God wants us all to be rich in faith, something that you have a lot of. Billy Bray was a Cornish tinker, and uh, 
He, he hadn't much in this world's goods, but he had a great faith and he had a great heart. <clears throat> and uh, he was mightily blessed by the Lord. The prophets were rich in faith. The lady just casting in two mites into the offering that Jesus spotted. She was rich in faith. And in Hebrews 11, it tells us of a, a great... Uh, um, parade of people, a gallery uh, of, of faith heroes, and some of them are very well known that we, we, we know about, of, of Noah and Abraham and all these, and then it goes into, at the end, it talks about a lot of other people who were quite nameless, th th but they had great faith. Besides Gideon and Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, he said, through faith they conquered kingdoms, they administered justice, they gained what was promised, they shut the mouths of lions, they quenched the violence of fire, they escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Then it says women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and floggings, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and ill-treated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for, they were for their faith. They were rich in faith. They may not have had much in this world's goods as far as the, the outward appearance goes, but they were rich. They were rich in faith. <clears throat> um, we should not show favoritism uh, because they will inherit the kingdom. It says in our reading, there is a kingdom that we will all inherit. Um, if you knew somebody who was, appeared to be a little bit down on their luck, their cuffs, their cuffs were all frayed, and their shirt collar was a bit frayed, or their shoes were a bit worn out, but you knew that in a few months' time, they were going to be left several million pounds. <laughs> you would treat them nicely, wouldn't you? I'm sure you would. <laughs> well, the Bible says there is an inheritance coming. An inheritance coming. Uh, it, it says in Peter, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away <clears throat> and it's reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last times. <clears throat> <clears throat> and these poor people that James is talking about they had a great inheritance coming. Hallelujah. Uh, next, uh, fourthly, I think, uh, they loved God. They were lovers of God. 
those who in the inheritance to those who love him. So we should accept one another, we should receive one another, those who love the Lord. Now they may not always agree with every doctrine, every dot, every cross of the T, but we should love Christians because they love the Lord. Their doctrine and belief may vary a little bit, but for goodness sake, they love the Lord and we should love each other as well. Loving God is the main thing. If a person does not have much of this world's good, not a big IQ, not gifted, not talented, not very dynamic, but they love God, that is the main thing. If people love the Lord, they are my brother and they are my sister. <laughs> I, uh, in my pursuit of playing golf better, I watched a video by the great American golf player, Tom Watson, and he ends by saying, if you play golf, you are my friend. So I can truthfully say, Tom Watson and I are friends. (laughs) If you love the Lord, you are my brother, you are my sister, because we are one in Christ. Now, James and John came to Jesus on one occasion and they said, Jesus, we saw somebody casting out demons in your name, but we stopped him. Don't worry, we stopped him because he doesn't follow us. Jesus said, don't stop him because no one can do a miracle in my name and in the next breath speak evil about me. We're all on the same side We're all team effort. And I think what must grieve the heart of Almighty God is the pernickety, small-mindedness of some Christians. Thankfully, we don't have any in this church. But for goodness sake, the little things that they fall out about when the main thing is that we love the Lord. We've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We're on the same side. My mother was a a wonderful Christian lady, but she didn't like Catholics. She didn't. But I met some wonderful Catholics. I don't believe in in all the claptrap of some of the things that they... But the, and um, I, I heard, uh, well, when uh, we were up in the Midlands, I used to meet regularly with some Catholic ladies. They had visions and revelations. They were wonderful believers. We don't agree with the system. That's true. <clears throat> but here, James and John, they said, oh, we, we, we've got to rebuke this person because he's just not one of our group. He doesn't, he doesn't come to PCC, so he can't be much good. <clears throat> I've told you before, uh, a thing that gets to me from time to time is when I see a lot of houses or a lot of people and I think, how many of these really know the Lord? And God's had to sort of encourage me 
for quite a bit <laughs> over the years in things like that. And uh, uh, Elijah was the same. He, he said, there's only me left. And uh, the Lord said to him, he said, well, you, you think you're the only one left, Elijah, but there's 7,000 others that I know about that you don't know anything about. There are more of us around than you realize. We're on the same side. Um, I think that's... Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> so then, to, to conclude with... Um, all God's people are special. You are special, and you're sat next to somebody else who is special. All of us are called to follow the Lord. All of us are called to be rich in faith. All of us are called to inherit a kingdom. All of us who love Jesus, whether rich or poor, educated or illiterate, all of us, are special to God. To show favoritism is to break the royal law, which is love your neighbor as you love yourselves. <clears throat> so all Christians, we stand together as equals, blood-washed, sinners saved by grace. We have different gifts, we have different physical strengths. We have different intellectual abilities. We have different talents. We have different possessions. But we're all equal, bought, blood-bought <clears throat> children of God. <clears throat> we have a right to be here. We are loved, accepted, forgiven, and chosen. <laughs> Praise God. So don't show partiality. Don't show favoritism. <clears throat> Finally, there is, there is a judgment day coming. Now, two judgments are mentioned in the New Testament. There is the judgment of the righteous and the wicked, the great white throne where, where the books were opened and the book of life was opened, and whoever's name was not found in the book of life was cast into hell. That's what the scriptures clearly say. The books were opened and we will be judged out of the way we have used our... It's not to condemn the believer. It's, it, I believe in once, when you're truly saved, you're truly saved and you're saved forever. <clears throat> but God will require of us how we lived our lives. And we shall all give an account of how we lived our lives. And this is what the, the Bible says. That there will be a judgment of how we have lived. <clears throat> and Jesus said, Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger, took you in, or it naked and clothed you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And then the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, as much as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. Jesus will know the genuine Christian by what we did, not just by what we said, by what we did. And I, as we come to a close tonight, I would ask for a double portion of the love of God to accept others as 
to look at others through the eyes that Jesus would have looked at them. <clears throat> when he saw the crowds, he said, <clears throat> he saw them like sheep having, having no shepherd. The disciples saw the crowd as a problem. Jesus saw the crowd as an opportunity to be kind and generous to them. <clears throat> and this is what the scripture says about the Lord Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, of things in heaven and things in earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Everyone is special. Let's not be show favoritism in our walk with the Lord. That word of encouragement, some people are just waiting for a little bit of encouragement from you and I. Shall we stand together and we'll just pray. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <clears throat> it may be tonight, I think we, 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 if we are um, honest with one another and honest with ourselves, um, <clears throat> if there have been times when you have, you've shown favoritism or you've, discounted someone simply by their appearance, why don't you just say sorry for that right now before the Lord and say, Lord, I, I should not have been the judge. I made a judgment and, and it wasn't really right. And, and, and praise God, we can be forgiven. Hallelujah. We can be restored. And let's move on from that, learn from that, so, Heavenly Father, we just pray today, as the, as the Apostle James encourages us not to show favoritism to one person above another, but to treat everyone equally and to look at each person through the eyes of Jesus, see the glory of Christ in each other, Help each one of us, we pray. May the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts more and more in these days. We ask it for Christ's sake. Amen.